Welcome to The Dank Show, brought to you by Simeon, where the best of the best in advertising, media broadcast, and video innovation gather to reveal and discuss what's now, new, next, and beyond. I'm your host, Heather Prather. In today's episode, Reva Leba chats with Jonathan Desir. Jonathan is the executive producer at Optimus Design Visual Effects, a full-spectrum production and post-production company based in Chicago. He has been a post-production producer for nearly a decade and was also recently named president of the board for Free Spirit Media. In his off time, he's a giant video gamer and a basketball fan. And he's also obsessed with podcasts. So without further ado, here is Reva and Jonathan. So uh, congratulations is in order because you were just promoted to an executive producer. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about what you do and uh, what made you get the promotion there? Yeah, sure thing. So it's funny because it was kind of a side promotion. I, I've been an exec producer but mainly focused on the graphic side uh-huh. and a few weeks ago I got promoted to exec producer of all departments which is overseeing the editorial and offline as well. Um, so I've been at this company for about three years, which is Optimus, and I've, but I've been doing this for about 11 years. I started at another company called Red Car that closed down um, right before I joined up with Optimus. So I've been in post-production for about 11 years. Uh, but in terms of what I do here is, yeah, I've been, I project manage basically, so I'm overseeing various projects, um, mostly graphics in nature, but now I'm, I'm starting to oversee projects that involve uh, editor as well, or involve live action footage as well. That's exciting. And for the people who don't know or who haven't heard of Optimus, can you give them a brief synopsis so they can be introduced to that? Yeah, definitely. So for those that don't know anything about Optimus, Optimus is one of the largest post houses in Chicago, probably in the country. Um, There's about 60 employees here, and we also do production as well. Um, so we have a total of nine editors. We have editorial, we have audio, engineering, color correction, uh, graphics, the whole nine, uh, and then online VFX as well. Um, it was founded by a couple guys that, that bought it from Anheuser-Busch like a little over 20 years ago, and uh, they've been running it ever since. And it's, um, yeah, I've always worked with them even before I actually worked here. We used to do some color correction, some other things at my last company, you know, some capabilities that we didn't have in-house. So we would bring them to Optimus. I started forming relationships with a lot of the people here. And then one thing led to another, and I was able to forge that relationship into a job. So how do you stay relevant finding your top talent um, exactly? Where do you, I mean, since right now social media is such a big aspect, where are you looking to keep your talent um, within your company hot? Yeah, it's, you know, where we look for is a few different places. We have relationships with different universities that are here in town. Um, we also, just like a few days ago, I mentioned the, one of the events I was at. Uh, we, have, we have a great event every year that's strictly for assistant editors called Camp Kulishov, and they take movies and they edit uh, footage from the movies into their own trailer. And usually it's like comedy-based, but it can be any genre depending on what the uh, criteria is for, for that particular year. But it's a really fun event. It's one of the few events where we're really showcasing the assistant editors and the interns' talents. Uh, we run out a nice space, and they get their trailers. The winners get to be shown in front of the whole community. And so, usually, you have a lot of employers that are kind of keeping their eye on the next set of rising stars. So, when they have a position to fill, 
you know, they that's one of the first places they look because they know that person's talented because they rose above their peers. Um, and, and then we can kind of look at, you know, different talent there. But aside from the universities and from, you know, events like that, we also, we're bombarded with resumes, quite frankly. We get a lot of people that come to us. I try to go to job fairs as well. Um, once in a while, the different universities will have job fairs where, or career building things where they're working on resumes, working on reels, and they'll ask employers to come and speak and meet some of the students. And so we, we try to go to those things as much as possible just to kind of keep our eye on the top talent. But then sometimes, yeah, you know, it's, it's, we don't really like look at social media and see a video and kind of go after that person. That's kind of a rare thing. Um, usually it's more from the, the farm system that's kind of been growing and integrated in the city for a long time. So speaking about interns, what would you advise the millennials today about getting in the industry and becoming an intern? You know, my, it's funny, the, the biggest thing I would say is the networking, which I, they don't, you know, that's kind of a hard thing to teach in school, but I think that's the biggest thing that's helped me. It's like the, it's the relationships that, that I've built over the years. Um, so many times, even as an employer now, I'll get a resume, I'll get stacks of resumes, but the ones that, that kind of rise to the top are the ones that come with a recommendation. So if there's any way you can get in with these folks that are doing what you want to do, even just to talk to them, I always say kind of buzzwords, informational interviews. Even if there's not a position that's open right away, um, if you can find about 15 minutes with that person that you think is a mentor or someone that you think is, is in a position that you want to be in to kind of help give you advice, uh, usually that, that helps open the door because what happens is they'll remember your name when a position does open up mm -hmm. or a friend will ask them, hey, do you know anybody that might be a good assistant editor that might be a good assistant audio engineer? And then they'll recommend people and they'll share resumes that way. So you can have the best resume in the world, the best reel in the world, but unfortunately if, if Sometimes if someone's not pushing it, mm -hmm. then it's not going to get you as far as just knowing someone and having a good reputation with that person. Um, so, yeah, so the networking, I think, is, is big. Um, of course, having good technical skill sets is, is really big as well. Um, and then knowing how to work with the team. A lot of this, a lot of the stuff that we work on in every day-to-day -day project I'm working on is, usually consists of a really big team. So the better you get along with other people and understand the things that they're doing, even if you're an editor, and you don't do audio yourself, but just having a knowledge of how sound design works uh, and knowing how to talk to an audio engineer um, can definitely help you along that way because you're going to be collaborating you know, throughout your career. Perfect. What would you say for um, students or people who want to get in the industry, uh, the most difficult aspect and the most enjoyable aspect of working in this industry? Oh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, <laughs> There's a lot. I'll try and keep it short and sweet. But so the the toughest part, I think, nowadays, you probably have more competition just getting in. There's more peers that are doing it because more people know that it's there. Um, you know, when I first started in this business around 2005, I had no idea that you you know how you would even get into advertising. And I had a brother that was in it. Um, the price of entry was also tougher there. You know, I kind of crazily, YouTube even, Facebook, these things just weren't what they are today. Cameras were, were way more expensive than they are now, so you didn't have, you didn't have um, kids shooting things like they are now. I know junior high kids that have reels and high school kids that have reels and they're out there shooting content and they have YouTube channels that you know have thousands and tens of thousands of followers. So there are very much ways that 
you can get your name out there even before you get a job, which is really exciting and cool. The tough part is you now have, you know, hundreds of people you're going against even in your city versus maybe a dozen or so folks that you had, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So there's more competition, which makes it tough, but there's also way more technology at your disposal to do really cool things. Um, the software you have to edit things, the cameras, like I was talking about, um, just the knowledge, the fact that you can go on the internet and Google how to do something and you can either find someone that's talked about it or find a YouTube video showing you how to do it. So those are really cool things. So if you have the work ethic to kind of stick with it, you can really rise above your, your peers and your competition and stick out above the rest. Um, so even though I kind of mentioned both good and bad, I think the really cool and fun thing about once you get into the industry is how many more opportunities open up and the really great people that are in this industry. I've met some amazing, amazing people, very talented people, uh, people that I think will be lifelong friends. Um, I laugh with them almost daily. I, you know, they're like family now. I spend a lot of hours with them. You know, everyone here works really, really hard. And, you know, that's part of why, you know, everyone gets along because you, you kind of have to. You know, one wants to work with someone that you don't get along with, you know, the kind of hours that we're spending with each other uh, from day to day. So, yeah, the, the people's probably the coolest part. But then also, yeah, I've had some really amazing opportunities. Even though I'm, I'm a producer, I've had the opportunity to, to work and have my voice be in a national radio commercial. I've been, I had my voice in an R. Kelly music video, which is really right. cool. I used to work on Usher music videos and some other artists, so that was really fun. Um, I've had some celebrities and actors come to our office and shoot stuff or just get them beat them because I'm on, I'm on set with them. So, you know, there's those cool perks too. And then there's always fun events. People in advertising love to party, I think, more than any other industry. So there's always really cool things, fun things to go and do. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's, it, and it's cool to, you know, I still get a kick out of, or a rise out of turning on the TV and seeing a commercial that I worked on a few weeks ago. It's always fun. And I get to go back home and see some of my buddies from high school, from college. And, you know, I say, hey, I, I worked on that. And it's always cool to see their reaction to that. So there's a lot of fun things about it. And it's constantly changing, too. The technology aspect of it keeps you on your toes it keeps you fresh because it's constantly changing you have to stay on top of it so being a tech geek and a tech nerd i love that aspect of it as well that i get to constantly be on top of kind of the uh the trends that are happening so that's always fun very good very good so what inspires you oh what inspires me you know everything honestly i don't make this may seem corny but I'm, I'm a poet at heart i've been a poet for probably 15 years now, so it's the same thing in my writing is the same thing that kind of gets me up in the morning. It's just life. It's life is in people. You know, that that's it's always inspiring. I think you can always get something from anyone that you're dealing with and just trying to find that is is, is key. Um, something that's really helped me is always paying attention and having relationships with anyone that is willing to have a relationship with me. So you know, I remember how people treated me when I was an intern and everyone, you know, the majority of people were really respectful, um, really helped me out along the way. And the ones that, that made the extra time to help me, I'm, I'm still friends with to this day. So I try to do the same thing for the ones that are, you know, just starting up and are interns themselves. But at the same time, even though they don't realize it, they're also helping me because they inspire me to learn something new or try and go out there and tackle a project maybe in a way that I didn't before. Or just have the energy that they have because they're, you know, 10, 15 years younger than I am. And they have, you know, they come with that that energy that's really infectious. So, um, yeah, it's just the, the work and the problem solving and working as a team and seeing something come to fruition is always fun. And, and getting a project done is kind of a bit of a natural high, which is always cool. You know, knowing that 
you know, I've got a project, got a schedule and a set of boards that came in three months ago, six months ago, and then seeing it ship and then on TV afterwards, it's, it's really satisfying when that happens. And I get to have that happen, you know, almost on a daily basis, which is really cool. So it's, uh, I, I like the way that you put that when you stated, um, you know, kind of befriend everyone and make yourself be out there, you know, within the industry community. What would you tell the rising um, students or content creators um, if they do have huge egos? Would you work with them or not? Yeah. What kind of advice can you, you say? Know, Drop it. Some people, some people, some people would. It's, you know, I'm, I'm different. That everyone kind of sees things differently. Uh, I definitely see a fair amount of egos in this in this business. Um, but at the same time, I think that's kind of going away more and more things are more transparent now um so the nice thing is yeah if you're if you do have an ego or you're difficult to work with everyone's going to know that whereas back in the day it didn't really travel that much because people just didn't share information as as rapidly as they do now so yeah so you know i do still see some egos i think some people kind of get a reality check when they they come into it thinking that they're a hot shot and then they get put in their place by a client or by a creative because uh, they messed something up or whatever it is. So the, I think the people that kind of rise the fastest or the people that other people want to work with the most are the ones that don't have the egos because, you know, I don't know, not just advertising in any aspect of life. You want to work with people that are, are nice to work with and are fun to work with, um, but also are talented too. You know, it's, it's not that being nice is going gonna, is gonna to get you through it. You definitely have to have the talent and the work ethic and everything else that, that goes along with it. But I would at least for me personally, would much rather any day of the week work with someone that is talented and nice and fun to be around versus someone that thinks they know everything because there's no one knows everything. And I don't care if you've been doing it for 20, 30 years or if you have the ability to sit on every single program and actually know how to run that program, there's still something that you can learn that or, that, or something you can glean from someone else's experience that you didn't experience yourself. So uh, check your egos at the door. That's great advice. Definitely great advice. So I know you like to be hands-on inside the design and the editorial projects. If you can disclose maybe a project that you're working on and what you're excited about it. Yes. Um, I can't say the brand because it's confidential, <laughs> but it's easily the most excited project that I'm going on right now. It's for virtual reality. Uh, I'm a big gamer. I just got my PlayStation VR. Oh, I love yes. it. I'm like super excited about it. I just got done listening to the Ready Player One. This is an amazing book. Spielberg's doing the movie in a couple of years. But uh, yeah, we're doing our second VR project. We did one a few months ago. That was a McDonald's and Angry Birds tie-in. That worked out really, really well. And now we're doing our second one that has to do with um, with uh, autonomous driving. And there, it's going to be live action, but then there's also a big portion of it that is uh, CGI. So it's kind of a step above what we did last time, but um, it's really talented artists and really excited to kind of see it come to life and throw the headset on and be inside this environment that we created. Um, so the virtual reality stuff is really, really cool. That's a really big project because it's a little bit outside of the norm in terms of what we do, your typical 30-second commercial or um, YouTube video or YouTube pre-roll that's you know an internet commercial. Uh, we do tons of that. That's our bread and butter. But um, that particular VR project is, is really exciting. Are there any other mediums that you would like to explore or maybe grow off of? Yeah, you know, social media is a big one. Uh, another thing we're doing right now um, for one of our clients is uh, a Facebook Canvas thing. Mm -hmm. So um, 
for those that don't know, Facebook Canvas is something that basically I'm showing the camera as if they can see us. I don't know if it's a video <laughs> podcast or not. But uh, basically, you can scroll through this thing up, down, left, and right, as opposed to just watching a video. Um, so we're working on some of that, and that's something I think is going to grow in popularity. A lot of the brands that we work with are just find, trying to find new ways to be fresh and do things for social as opposed to just reaching their, their demographics with your typical broadcast work. Uh, so rather than just slap a video onto Facebook or onto YouTube or whatever it is, they're trying to find new fun ways like doing animated gifts and throwing those on Instagram uh, or doing things like the Facebook campus to, to try and do a little bit of thinking outside of the box of something that can reach people in a different way. Um, so that one is, that project is really cool too. We've done a few of those and we're trying to do more, more stuff that's geared towards the social. Very exciting. So now that we're talking about social media, um, what are your thoughts about social media um, as being an executive producer today versus um, rising within social media? Yeah, it's funny. I've seen a, I'm not that old, but I'm getting older for sure, but I've seen a, a, a rapid change uh, in terms of how social media has impacted uh, the advertising uh, industry. So, you know, gone are the days of advertisers or brands, our clients, only having TV being the one medium to sell their product. Um, so what's happened is, you know, our, our clients are these advertising agencies and what it was in the past in terms of the pie broadcast was the biggest part of the pie and then print was the second biggest and then the rest of it was very small. Now digital is, has completely taken over print and they'll probably take over broadcast in a very short period of time. Um, so to try and stay on top of that, I think, is key. Um, I think it's both helping and hurting us. I think the, the problem with that or the tough part about that is that they social doesn't have the same budgets that broadcast has because it's very new. So getting them to understand that the process is still relatively similar. If you want a high-end product, something that's very high quality, you still need to pay the appropriate dollars in order to make it really look good and make it work. So trying to convince people and get them to understand that the work that we're doing is justified and the, the cost that it takes to do it the right way is justified because even though it might be a smaller window and not this giant 16 by 9 pretty HD TV that you have, um, you, can, it's still, you can still resize it to fit that TV even if it is something that you're putting on Instagram because those, those mediums really are one and the same now. It's just, it's just a different way of streaming content. Um, so, yeah, I think it's completely taken over. I think uh, the good thing about it is that there are way more opportunities. Uh, we're, we, we're constantly getting opportunities for new projects, which is really great. Um, definitely the, the phone and the emails are coming in way more than they used to. It was kind of a period where people were very scared that um, it was going to just destroy the broadcast world and even destroy the advertising world because there wouldn't be dollars that followed it. But then what happened was Facebook and other things have realized, oh, there's a, you know people are really engaged in these social media markets. So it's just as important as broadcast is. So things have turned around and it's created more work for us, which is great. That's exciting. That's very exciting. That's good information too, definitely good information. So what sh what's next for you at Optimus? What should we be looking for um, now that you're the executive producer there? Yeah, sky's the limit. I mean, that's one of the really cool things about this place is that they, they really value our opinion and, and they can kind of mold things a certain way to what you think may work best. Uh, for me, it's always keeping an eye on talent. Um, I think that's very important to, to have an eye on what the new talent is in the, in the city 
to, to try and have them be a part of this great team. Um, so aside from that, you know, we want to do killer work and creative work. And, you know, we understand that some of the work is, you know, is what it is in terms of we have to sell products. We have to, you know, keep the lights on, if you will. Or, you know, we have to sell things that we may not be the most creative um, Nike commercial, if you will, or Apple commercial, but they do some great ads. But that's what we strive to do, you know, regardless of what the product is or the client is that we're working with. Um, keeping on top of the technologies and being able to be a leader in whatever new avenues kind of present themselves. Like I mentioned, the virtual reality stuff is really cool. I know coming down the line, even though I don't, don't know necessarily how it will fit with advertisement, I'm sure it will in some way. There's a lot of cool talk about augmented reality and things like that. So I'm always trying to stay on top of different technologies. Um, but then also, you know, with broadcast kind of shrinking a little bit in this whole digital age, it's going to be cool to see how the industry kind of shifts and how we can kind of figure out a way to reinvent ourselves and still maintain the presence that we have, even with the, the industry shifting a certain way. So um, there's never a dull moment. I think there's a lot of exciting things happening in advertising in general. Um, I'd love to see clients be able to take more risks with their creatives. We constantly try to push that um, with our editors and our designers and things like that in terms of um, not trying to do what all the competitors are doing uh, just because it's trending, because something is always going to be the new trend tomorrow. Uh, and I think if you don't take the risk, there's, there's less reward in that. So definitely always trying to push the boundaries in terms of the level of creative that we're doing uh, to try and hopefully have the next viral sensation and, and uh, help, you know, also help, help the brands sell their products. We, we understand what we're doing. Um, if we're working for McDonald's, we want to sell cheeseburgers. If we're working for Miller Lite, we want to sell beer. That's just, that's just how it is. It's the nature of the business. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We're, even in, on an individual level, we sell ourselves as well. You know, gone are the days of, you know, selling out, if you will. You have a lot of actors and comedians and athletes doing commercials that they never would have done 10, 15 years ago. It's, you know, anything goes nowadays. So it's, it's really exciting. It's kind of a wild, wild west in terms of what advertising means today. Great. Well, that was, I got a lot of information. I think our audience did too. Awesome. I know you're super busy. I don't want to take all of your time. Uh, uh, this is fun. I, I, this work will always be here. I'd love, to, I'd love to do this all day. So. Perfect. Um, if you got a quote or a motto you want to throw to our audience, that's great. Let it, let them know what you think. And um, yeah, uh, quote or motto. Uh, you know, I'm not definitely not the inventor of this, but one that I like. Um, I've been extremely lucky in in my career um, and in life in general. So I try to help as many people as possible. I try to pay it forward. I think the world would be a much better place if everyone does that. Um, but I also know that luck is not just luck sometimes. It's when hard work meets opportunity. And that's exactly what happened to me. And I can point to tangible moments when that's happened in my career. Um, so, yeah, I think the more you work at your craft uh, and the more you give yourself an opportunity to have a chance to open a door, the the more opportunities will present themselves. So it may seem like luck, but really it's what you put into it. And then you look back and say, oh, wow, there's all these different things that led up to that moment. And it just so happens that I happened to be there at the right place at the right time. And that sparked a changing point in my career. So, you know, everybody needs a little luck. I'm definitely lucky, very, very blessed, very fortunate. But at the same time, I know I also worked very, very hard. And then I had a great opportunity to present itself. And then I had to work even harder after I got that opportunity. But I did, and that's how I got here today. And hopefully, um, you know, maybe 10 years from now or however long it is we're talking again, I will have 
kept going on that path and have bigger and better things happening in, in my life. So that is, that is the hope. That's it for this episode of The Dink Show. A huge thanks to Jonathan from Optimus for taking the time to chat with us. And I especially want to thank you, our listeners, because without you, our show wouldn't be possible. If you'd like to hear more, you can find The Dink Show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Please be sure to subscribe and check out new episodes every other Tuesday. The Dang Show is brought to you by Simeon, the company that empowers creatives to do what they love most by providing innovative media management and collaboration tools that transform ideas from inception to final cut. Manage and share media assets, present, review and approve, and win new business with Simeon's single source, easy to use platform. Create, inspire, entertain. Visit www.gosimeon.com today to start your free 14 day trial.